Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We are here with another episode, and I think this one's going to be a, uh, a fun one. Uh, I definitely um, definitely looking forward to jumping into this, and I think it's going to be multi a multi-part type of deal. Um, sometimes, though, I get on these I get on these things, and it's like it's going to take like ten you know ten weeks to get through something. And in between, I get other stuff that's like, man, I really want to cover that, or man, I really want to do this. And then uh, it's almost like I get bored. And <laughs> I'm going to try not to do that, but maybe I'll do a couple of parts and then shift over and uh, do something else and then come back to it. I don't know. It's just so many things, so little time. You know what I mean? Um, It's kind of like uh, recently I... Uh, Recently, I started playing a basketball again, way like way back in the day, you know, late teens, in my twenties and stuff. Uh, played played basketball, nothing, nothing serious, just pick up games and just just for fun. Uh, and you know, the NBA, the NBA couldn't handle this, could not handle these mad skills. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they never came knocking actually, but um, so you know, I'm. I, I I had shifted to for a while. I had shifted to racquetball, and it's a lot of fun. I still enjoy playing. Uh, but then, um, 
some of the guys I play with and stuff, we they stopped playing on Monday nights, which was the night I kind of reserved to uh, do that kind of thing. I, during the day and stuff, just super busy with uh, work and lots of stuff going on. And then in the evenings, I usually, you know, I, I want to be a good dad, a good husband, so I reserve evenings mostly for um, family stuff and for uh, church-related things, Bible studies, prayer meetings, you know, getting with people, visiting, that kind of thing. And so I had said, you know, I'll, I'll take at least like one night, a couple hours, and and do this. And um, yeah, just kind of fizzled out a little bit. And then I started, I was noticing that in the mornings when I go to the gym, you know, 5.30, 5.45, whatever it is, there's guys and they're playing. I'm like, man, I really want to get good exercise, get a good sweat on, all that stuff and have fun doing it. I I can't stand you like jogging and things like that. I love listening to podcasts and stuff, but just like it's just so like walking and jogging, I'm just not into it. And there are a lot of people that are, so, you know, more power to you. So I was like, "Hey, let's do some, you know, some team sport stuff, have some fun." So again, ha- have to balance now if I want to play racquetball, I kind of got to pull away from the basketball stuff. I got basketball, I want to play, you know, it, it just there's there's not enough time in a day, not enough time. But I guess if a day was 48 hours long, I'd have the same exact problem, and I'd probably still be right here complaining that there's not enough time in a day. <laughs> so it's all about priorities, you know. That's why again, wake up early to try and get the you know get the sweat on, get the workout in, hit everything before the day starts. Because once the day starts, it just it is 150 miles an hour with everything. But again, helps keep you young. Um, or helps keep you, you know, go on your way to an early grave. I don't know yet. Anywho, anywho, um, I read a, an article today, just a short article on uh, the Daily Wire, and um, it it has to do with uh, with Rain Wilson. He is the uh, the Office. If you've ever seen that show, he is one of the actors on there. And um, I've only seen a few episodes here and there. I've never really got into it a whole bunch. Again, time. Right? I, I just don't watch a whole lot of stuff um, you know, for, like, entertainment and stuff because it's just I just don't have time uh, for the most part. But, yeah. So, anyway, uh, this, this stood out, like, kind of popped for me because I already had this idea and and some of this stuff that I wanted to do for the podcast and it fit right in. So let me let me unfold it a little bit. I'm not going to take a whole bunch of time today because I do think this is going to be a multi-part type of thing. But let me uh, read the article, kind of go through, and then show you what I was what I was thinking of, what I was um, what I believe God has laid in my heart to kind of start unfolding here, unpacking with the podcast. Now I could just do like a nine-hour podcast and, and go with it, but I, I prefer to break them up into like bite-sized chunks. So, actor Rain Wilson, this is from dailywire.com, uh, actor Rain Wilson admitted there's anti-Christian bias in Hollywood. Shocking. Anti-Christian bias in Hollywood. I am shocked to the core. Of course, nobody is, but to have somebody that's kind of a left-leaning, he's a Hollywood type, to have him come out and say that, um, that is kind of a kind of an interesting thing. Now, what he what what triggered 
him to come out and kind of say this, um, the uh, there's a popular game called The Last of Us, which is uh, kind of like an apocalyptic, you know, zombie type um, game. <laughs> and um, I've never actually played it. Again, right? Priorities. I like video games. Actually, um, I am a I consider myself a gamer, kind of on the bench gamer that <laughs> doesn't have time to play much games, but uh, many games. But uh, my son is getting older and he's uh, he's starting to get into video games. And so I do make time again, family time and stuff, sit down and get to play some stuff with him. So it's cool. But anyway, this was apparently a pretty cool game when it first came out and there wasn't a whole bunch of like the woke nonsense in it. But of course it gets popular. And then, you know, in the second uh, the second game, my understanding is they got super woke and all kinds of craziness in it, which is stupid, and hopefully it bombs, and hopefully they, they learn their lesson. Uh, because in my opinion, the whole uh, go woke or get woke, go broke um, thing is, to me, um, it, it's it should that should be the case. I hope that's the case. As a Christian, I hope when people go this route, they go out of business. Now, I don't want people to lose their jobs and all that stuff. I, I'm not asking for that. Hopefully, they... Go out of business and nobody lose their jobs if that's possible. But the thing is, when people stray away from from God and the and the principles of the kingdom of God, I don't want them to be successful. I, I don't want that to pay off. Now, of course, it does in a lot of places, and Hollywood is one of them. And so, anyway, this game, um, there's a there's a HBO a TV show apparently. I have not seen it, but uh, I've read about it, heard about some things. And it, and it gets really like ugh in in the TV show because the TV show is really off of like it incorporates that second game which gets really woke and really stupid, and so um, the uh, Rain Wilson tweets out uh, this. He says, "I do think there is an anti-Christian bias in Hollywood. As soon as the David character in The Last of Us." started reading from the Bible, I knew that he was going to be a horrific villain. Could there be a Bible reading preacher on a show who is actually loving and kind? Now, again, this is a guy who, again, as far as I understand, more left-leaning. He's not like a, he's not some crazy evangelical Christian or anything complaining about this. He's just making an observation. And his observation is this. As soon as the character started, apparently he started quoting from the Bible in the show or something or reading from the Bible. And um, as soon as that happened, he knew this guy is going to be a horrible villain. This guy is going to be some awful, terrible character. And that's exactly how the, the show played out. Apparently, uh, again, I don't know much about the game. People, maybe you, you know more about this or whatever, but there's a character in the game that... Um, is super sinister and crazy and all this stuff, who actually is not a pastor, not a, you know, Bible-reading pastor or whatever. But in the show on HBO, they add that. They add that this guy is, you know, he's a sadistic, crazy, you know, murdering, just crazy person. And so, of course, this person should be reading Bible verses, <laughs> right? I mean, this is this is how Hollywood, for the most part, thinks, and it's terrible. And this is why we need more real Jesus up in Hollywood. Uh, I, 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 man, it, it, it's almost in some ways it's it's it makes you angry, but in other ways it's like, man, 
what kinds of Christians do these Hollywood types like rub shoulders with, or do they even get to? Do they even know any real kingdom of God, like Christ-oriented, biblical, real Christians? Or is it mostly like what they just read and hear about in their little echo chamber? But anyway, uh, this it says here, uh, many, on, many other Twitter users agreed with Wilson's assessment. I'm back at the article from Daily Wire. A defamation of Christianity has become the most unoriginal and tired cliches. One of the most. No. Has become the most unoriginal and tired. I think they mean one of the most. And tired cliches in movie TV series storylines. Its prevalence is much more than a bias against an entire people. It is meant to undermine faith and position the secular-minded as only as the only ones with altruistic intentions. And of course, that is true. There is a culture, there is a system, a system that is against, against true Christianity. Now, again, I don't know that Rain Wilson, if he started hearing true Christians speak on certain topics, I don't know how open he would be to hearing that, but he is seeing the anti-Christian agenda, the anti-Christian bias in Hollywood. Now, let me show you how this is going to fit and what I wanted to teach and go through. Um, I'm going to go to the, the book of Daniel chapter 7 to look through some of this, because there is a coordinated systemic right? Systemic. It's part of a system. There is a coordinated systemic effort to undermine and demonize, if I can, you know, pun intended, uh, Christianity. It is a system that is against God. Now, they're not against squish Christians, right? Squishtrans. Um, they're not against them. Uh, they're not against Christians with no backbone, that it's all it's all peace, love, and harmony, dude, and that's it. There's no wrath. There's no judgment. There's no speaking out against sin. There's no pushback against the culture of sin. Uh, so if you come up to somebody and just tell them, hey, there's this guy named Jesus. He, he really loves you. He's down with you. He's cool. Uh, do whatever you want. Be whoever you want. Live your best life. He just wants you to be happy, right? I hear people say this all the time. Um, I, I I listen to uh, various podcasts and stuff. And one of them that I listen to, very popular one, probably a lot of people know about it. Um, but often the host will have people on. They'll get to talking about you know big topics and a lot of good stuff um, comes out of it. But one of the things they'll say is like you know talk about being happy, just wanting people to be happy. Well, there's a context for that, right? If you're happy. But that, but, but that happy, that happiness is actually destroying you and will send you to hell eternally where you will burn for eternity. Is it good to say, yeah, I just want you to be happy? No, I would think that you, you have an obligation to, you know, say something, <laughs> right? Somebody is happy happily on their way on on the train tracks just happily merrily just <laughs> having a grand old time and there's a train bearing down on them and they don't know it are you like well i mean they're happy that's just silly of course that's just dumb 
Um, so God is not so concerned about us being happy or living our best life. He He wants us to be in His kingdom. He wants His kingdom. Well, His kingdom is going to reign and and uh, prosper and all this, and He has invited us to be a part of that and partake in that. Now, going to the Book of Daniel, and this is what I kind of had already kind of set up and in my mind, and what I want to kind of go through is talking about these the beasts um, in Daniel 7, right? The vision of the four beasts, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more, but uh, just kind of summarizing, there's these four beasts, right, that come up out of the water, and uh, it culminates into this, uh, this fourth massive, just nasty beast. And, um, you know, I mean, the, in Daniel 7, it doesn't just leave it there. It actually says, we're going to go to verse 15, there's, a, there's an interpretation of what this stuff is. It says, as for me, this is Daniel 7, 15, as for me, uh, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious and the visions of my head alarmed me. Well, yeah, I would say so, right? I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of things. Now, I just want to stop here. Pastoral note. Past beep, 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 right? Pastoral warning. Um, let me just say something. If you have a dream, a vision, something God gives you, he's, he's working on you with, the best person to ask about that is God, okay? Now, I use the term person uh, loosely there, right? God is not a person. He's a spirit, but you know what I mean. A lot of times people will just run around to people. This person interprets dreams. This person, and, and a lot of times what they're doing is just kind of guessing. The for, Almost like with the tongue's interpretation, when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you read about that. The first person that is on the hook, the first person that should seek for an interpretation after giving tongues is the person who gave the tongue. Like, they are, they should be the first um, kind of line of seek the interpretation, okay? Same thing with a vision or a dream that A, is from God, because a lot of times you just, you shouldn't eat Mexican and then go to bed. Okay, don't eat tacos, you know, loaded up on cream cheese and and uh, cheese, you know, cheat cream cheese, probably not cream cheese, sour cream, <laughs> kind of meshed cheese and sour cream there, you know, cheese and sour cream and hot sauce, you know, mm, delicious, maybe a shrimp taco or something. Don't have that and then go directly to sleep because maybe you'll have some crazy dream and it was not God. So I'm not talking about bean dreams. I'm not talking about craziness. Or you're just, you know, you watched, you know, Stranger Things. You you binge watch Stranger Things on Netflix. I don't recommend you do that, by the way, because uh, there's a lot of stuff in that show that you, you may not want to partake in as a Christian. Um, I watched it. I have uh, a uh, service called VidAngel that takes all the nonsense and the gross out and I can just enjoy the show. Now, again, if you don't like sci-fi slash horror type stuff, you know, interdimensional beings trying to kill people, then probably not the show for you at all. But again, I just wouldn't recommend, and I don't know who's listening to this podcast, you know, people that might have kids or even teenagers and stuff. I would not recommend that show unless you've got something to take some of the, some of the junk out of it. You know, there's quite a bit of swearing and some, um, I think, I don't know, there might even be some sexual material in there, but I wouldn't know because... <laughs> 
<laughs> Vin Diesel's just like, I don't even see it. Anyway, anyway, and the reason I say that is because somebody's going to listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, I know that, that show has terrible stuff in it, and Steve said he watched it. He's a pastor. What kind of pastor watches Stranger Things? The kind that has Vin Angel, okay? And uh, quit trying to p- pretend that you don't watch stuff anyway. Um, so anyway, back to my back to my uh, thingamajigger here. You're watching some creepy show, and then you go to bed, and you have a creepy dream. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who actually have a dream from God, a vision from God, legitimate, okay? Legitimate. God, go to God. Ask him what the interpretation is. Pray. Maybe it needs. Maybe you need to pray and fast about it for a couple of weeks. Don't go running around for people to be like, oh, there's, there's green in the dream. The green means envy. Or, oh, there's blue in there. That's the color of royalty. That means, no, 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 no. That's not, where's that in the Bible? Where do you see people doing that stuff in the Bible? Nowhere. You see Daniel saying, hey, what's this dream mean? And God giving the interpretation. So anyway, that's your pastoral bloop, pastoral moment there. Moving on to verse uh, 17 of Daniel 7. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, uh, forever and ever. And um, and then it says, he, you know, then I desire to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceeding terrifying with its teeth, iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broken pieces and stamped what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns they are on its head, and the other horn that came up before uh, which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints, prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Again, we see over and over the saints. Who are, who are the ones that win in the end? Who are the ultimate victors? It is the saints and the kingdom of God. The kingdom is reigning and ruling. Okay, these are important themes because as we get into some of this stuff, I'm not really going to get it like eschatological here, um, but you, you can't talk this stuff and not get into eschatology a little bit, right? Uh, study of the things of the end and what you believe and that kind of stuff. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I think a lot of people are absolutely nuts when they think certain things with eschatology but I can love you and I can just be, be your brother in Christ and we can just all get go along and get along because most of us are wrong in at least something and, a, and some of us are probably wrong in a lot of stuff. I just think that we need to see what the themes are and one of the themes of the Bible is the church reigning, ruling, um, being powerful, this idea of we're going to be hidden, hiding in caves um, oppressed, 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 oppressed until one day Jesus rescues us out of here. Thank you, Jesus. And then we're going to be all dancing around the streets of gold. That is very hard to prove in the Bible. Okay. Using the newspaper and some loosely, um, loosely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exegeted scriptures, perhaps, but not if you're really diving into the word of God and really just letting the Bible interpret itself. I think a lot of that stuff is really just difficult to to show. And so I don't believe it. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Come on the podcast. Let's chat. Open invitation. Open invitation. Mm. I'll take a second right now and just say, open invitation. You have somebody that wants to come on and talk to me about something? Uh, open invitation. 
podcast at breadbreakers.com. Podcast at breadbreakers.com. I'll have them on and talk to them. Awesome. Be great. Have a great conversation. Uh, but anyway, so he's got this beast. He sees this thing. Things are crazy. The saints possess the kingdom. They're going to have it forever and ever. Um, and then verse 23 says, Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. A what? A what? Uh, a what? A fourth kingdom. Okay, it's he's describing with this beast language, he's describing a governmental system, a system in the earth, a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down, break it to pieces. Now, again, is he literally going to take the earth and break it into pieces? It's saying this thing's going to dominate. Now, there have been kingdoms throughout history that have fit the bill of dominating the earth. The Greco-Roman era, right? I would argue that today, in today's society, the United States and the sort of world... uh, World Economic Forum type system, right? Which is like kind of the EU. You've got the United States. You've got some of these countries. I would say, I mean, it, 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 it's pretty dominant in the world. I mean, the financial system that we have, the U.S. dollar being the world's reserve currency, that's a big deal. We have a lot of power and a lot of dominance throughout the world just because of that. Um, now, again... You can decide whether, oh, no, 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 this is different. This is like a whole, okay, well, whatever. Um, I'm just saying that over time, there are, there have been multiple different kingdoms that have arisen that could uh, potentially fit this bill. Um, Verse 24 says, as for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Who? The people of the saints of the Most High. Now, I don't read into that. This is some time in eternity when we're all, you know, got harps. And this doesn't sound like that. If, if the, let me just say it this way. If the beast rising up and taking over the earth is in time, is in space, is in, you know, uh, this physical universe where we are, he just kind of goes right over and says, nope. And then there's going to be dominion and there's going to be a kingdom with the saints, I don't see why the beast is in reality, well, not real. you know, I guess the physical world is not the reality because the spiritual world is the one that's going to continue. But if you, or, or will it? <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, the, the physical world, how, whatever you believe about that, whatever you believe about that, is it going to continue on? Is there going to be a new heaven, new earth, a new physical world, a new physical creation? Is God going to somehow redeem this one? What, what's going to happen? I'm not, it doesn't matter. The point is, there's this system, and it is against God. There's a system, a, a world kingdom. 
or a coalition of kingdoms because you got the ten horns and the three and the one and all this. So it's not necessarily just one nation. It's it's a coalition, a co-op, right? Cooperative here. Verse 27, and the kingdom and the dominion... Oh, I already read that, didn't I? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. And, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. I read that part. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Who? The Most High. Isn't that interesting? Right? Well, so who wins in the end? Well, in the end, uh, in the end, my friends, it is Jesus Christ. His kingdom is going to reign supreme. But this is the thing. There is a beast, a vicious, evil, uh, bone-crushing monstrosity that rises up against God and spews out hate against God. Now, how does that happen? Well, you have the people of God in the earth. It makes sense that that beast is actually going to come after the people of God, hate the kingdom of God, where it, it, it pops up in the earth. It's going to hate this. Now, remember, the beast is not just one single person. When you read Daniel, again, it's a kingdom, right? Now, it talks about kings, but that king is representing a kingdom, right? It is a, and again, in that day, they had kingdoms. They didn't have a democratic republic. They didn't have a um, a uh, parliamentary monarchy, right? They didn't have this. It, a kingdom represents a system of governance, a system within the world. And in today's world, let's fast forward to today, right? 2023. You have a bunch of pieces in our society that come together as the quote unquote kingdom. There are several different pieces within our system that form, formulate this system. Um, I would say that in the world, right, we have multiple different uh, institutions. That's the word I was looking for. Institutions coming together that form our current modern-day kingdoms, right? Let's say back in the day, right? Back in the day, you had the king. The king was the one who uh, did every everything flowed through the king. The court jester reported to the king openly, all right? The plays and things like that, I mean, it, it, it all kind of flowed through... Look at this. That's entertainment. We have an entertainment industry. We have an entertainment system today, but they coalesce and work together. And if you don't believe this, if you don't see this, A, you're just not paying attention, which is a lot of people. That's that's probably say most people. They're not really looking at this. They're just living, paying bills, you know, trying to do the best they can and not necessarily seeing these connections. And so hopefully that's that's some value I'm adding to you. I'm bringing you hopefully some value. Now you you might have you might have heard about the the seven mountains, the seven mountain mandate, the seven mountains of culture, the seven mountains of influence or whatever. 
And this is nothing new, but it's maybe a new spin on something that's old. Or I would say this is extremely old. This goes all the way back to when these things came about. They're all part of a system, a cultural system. All right? So the seven mountains uh, are, let's see, family, religion, education, media, entertainment, business, and government. Now, you can boil these down to fewer. You know, education and government, uh, you know, maybe you could collapse those if you wanted to. But, I, you know, I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go with the, the, with the seven identified here. And, uh, you know, entertainment. What kind of entertainment? Well, sports. Hollywood, all right, uh, the music industry, all of these are entertainment. They're wrapped into, you could expand those out and make seven, ten mountains or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think you, these are good. I think these are good. These are workable, okay? I'm not saying that there's a scripture in the Bible that says the seven mountains are these and they're, they're, there's not one less and not one more. I'm just saying this is a good framework to, to talk about this in. The beast, the beast, the kingdom, that's the total picture of this thing. The beast is going to want to control these things. If the beast is going to dominate in the earth, the beast is going to want to have its talons, tentacles, horns, whatever, in these different areas. And it just so happens that if you and me and you know five other people were just kind of sitting around talking and we said hey if we wanted to completely take over the world which i have no desire to do and we wouldn't be able to do anyway but what are the things that we would want to control it, it kind of boils down now you might take family out of it because that's more of a uh local you know real super local institution but let's look at these you would definitely want to control education media entertainment government, religion, right? Business and family. Yeah, you'd want to control those things too. These are the things you would want to control. The beast is these things coming together against God, okay? The kingdom. Because in our world, technically, there's a separation between these things. But if you think about it, right, come on. Come on. Education, media, entertainment, business, and government. Those five. If you go and you say, hey, people are pushing the say transgender thing right now. Education. It's all up in the schools. Media, right? Much of the media, not all, but much of the media is absolutely in the tank for the, for this movement. Entertainment. Do I need to say any more? Okay. From sports to especially Hollywood, the music industry. I, business? No, no, no. They're again. No, 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 no. You think about the massive. Uh, because again, not small businesses where it's it's three or five people, mom and pop shops. No, no, no. We're talking about those big behemoth, massive corporations that if you want to control business, you can't control. How are you going to control thousands upon thousands of small companies? No, you want to amass and create and have 
Gigantor, a smaller number of absolutely massive organizations. Because if you have a retail outlet that's 95% of the retail market, and then you got one board of directors over that, that's much more controllable than thousands upon thousands upon thousands of small shops. Okay? No, I'm not talking hyperbole. This is exactly what happens. If you have a food industry, you would prefer one or two or even five massive, massive food production companies, pharmaceutical companies, tech companies, social media companies. Now, folks, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is reality, <laughs> right? Do you want 10 million of these things or do you want 10 of them, three of them that you can control? So yes, business is part of this, all right? Family is, of course, the, the most difficult to control, but if you control the other six, you will start to control the way people think, the way people behave. Um, if you look at the uh, the destruction of families over the last 70 to 80 years, slow erosion and then fast and then slow erosion and maybe a little bit of gain, you know, back and families kind of get some of that, you know, focus and power back, maybe some Jesus revolutions going on and people kind of reset a little bit. But over time, there's been a, there's been a, a definite degradation um, of the family. And so the beast, I would argue, is this system of these things coming together. In our world today, we look at them a little bit separate, but back in Daniel's day, they didn't have a huge stock market, a bond market. They didn't have, these things were much more just centralized. And in our modern day, I'm talking to Western probably, a lot of Western thinking people, but in our modern day, if you go to, right, the Communist Republic of China, okay, the Communist country of China, well, what do they call themselves? The, what is, does China have a, I know the CCP um, is the party, but anyway, like, like the United, um, Soviet Socialist Republic, the USSR used to be a republic, right? Come on. Um, but uh, again, this is happening today. If you look at these things today, education, media, entertainment, business, government, for instance, those are all kind of wrapped up in, in one kind of central authority that has its hooks into all these things in a place like China, okay, or Cuba. So even today, we can see that one kingdom controls all of these facets and all of these important areas of our culture. And so my, my point today is to show that there is a beast out there. It, there is a beast out there. Look at this article. It's showing one person who's actually on the left that would probably disagree with a whole bunch of things that the kingdom of God teaches and things in Scripture— but just making the absolute obvious point, literally just pointing out the absolute obvious. Look, I've got five fingers on my hand here. The obvious. He's just pointing it out, and then it makes news because of who he is and what he said. But what does he say? There is an anti-Christian bias in what? 
entertainment in Hollywood. But of, of course there is. This beast that is against God is against the people of God. And I think we need to start realizing there, there is an us versus them. It's not a let's take up arms and overthrow the government or through a bloody revolution or anything like that. It's, not, it's nothing like that. It is a kingdom. Jesus said, you know, my, my folks would fight if I was just an earthly kingdom, but it's not. It's a spiritual kingdom that will reign and conquer and have dominion because you can't stop God. You can't stop the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. You can't stop this. But there will be opposition. And I think as people of God, we need to start thinking a little more, step outside of our little boxes that we put these things in, our little boxes we put God in. We need to step back and look and see what our culture actually is, what our world is leaning into. You know, people are looking for, you know, the, the beast somewhere. It's alive and well and operating right now. It's got its hooks into education. It's got its hooks into into business, into government, into religion. It's got its hooks all over the place. Or use the word horns if you want to. It's got all of these things coalescing. Now, it doesn't matter what you believe as far as eschatology. It It really doesn't matter. In any kind of eschatological belief system, I think most people would agree these beasts that you see in like Daniel and Revelation, we'll get into Revelation I think next time, what you see is these are, it's not just like a literal giant monster. It's not a mean, evil Decepticon transformer out there. It's, it, it, these are systems of, we might say government, but the government includes all these facets where they control re- the religious system. We talk about the, right, the beast forcing worship uh, of specific deities and things like that. You talk about education and media and entertainment. You think, you know, the beast rising up, you think if 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 there were some world leader that really is a single embodied antichrist, now again, whether you believe that or not, I'm just saying, if that person came on the scene, do you think some of these news outlets would call him out? No, they'd be like, this is the best, greatest thing ever. Okay, people in entertainment, oh, he's a great guy. He's so awesome, you know. That's exactly what would be happening. And so we as Christians need to be aware We need to be praying appropriately. We need to be focusing our efforts appropriately. We are the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of Satan. We are at odds with one another, and we need to realize the battle that we are in. There's a beast and its kingdom, and there is Jesus Christ and his. And I think the battle lines are drawn. It's time to start stepping out and being a light, and knowing that we, we actually are prophesied to reign, rule, and have dominion. We win. Not just we win one day after we get, not we get slaughtered and beat, and then we win. No, we win. And I think we need to start having more of a victor mentality, more of a champion mentality, more of a we're going to get out there and push back against this. And that's why I like movements like the the Seven Mountain Mandate and stuff. I'm not real big on slogans and stuff, and I know that people can get in there and get it all twisted and stuff like that, but at least there's something and somebody pushing back and saying, hey, let's let's be in education. Let's, let's have Jesus people, kingdom people in entertainment, in business. Why not have the head of massive corporations be people of God? 
true kingdom-minded, spirit-led believers in government, in religion, in education. That's what we need. That's what we need. And that's what we should strive for and push for as the people of God, because we will overcome and we will see the beast defeated and destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. So love you guys. Hope this has been helpful. And uh, we will continue on, I think, next week into getting a little bit of the stuff in Revelation, talking more about the beasts there and more on the lines of these seven different components that the beast does control and tries to control and how we, again, as Christians, we need to push back and we need to be the ones to say, no, Christ is going to control these things. God is the one who is in ultimate and total control and we're on his team. Love you guys. God bless you, and we'll catch you on the next podcast.